The following audio is from Central Christian Church, located in Portales, New Mexico. To connect with Central, go to centralwired.org.
Good morning, everybody. Is it great to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Man, I need this place. Anybody else? I need this place. My week sometimes knocks the crud out of me. (laughs) And I need this place. And I'm thankful for this place every single day of my life. Um, I'm thankful God led me here uh, to be with you folks. And I love this place. I love the fact we have an opportunity to serve here. Anybody who wants to serve here. It's more than welcome to serve here, and I think that's pretty amazing. Um, I come to you today with a, something that I think Don mentioned a couple of weeks ago. I watched both services while I was out doing some city business and other family business. And he mentioned what uh, what's going on, and I wanted to share it today. Um, he mentioned a couple of weeks ago a couple of guys are doing the Bible studies in the U version together. Well, those couple of guys are Lee Hinton and I. <laughs> and... Uh, We've been doing that. We've done two so far. I think we finish our second one tomorrow. Um, and I can't tell you the blessing it's given me. I've known Lee since he was a high school student. And I just can't tell you how much it means to me to get to know him as a young man. And to get to share some of our struggles and to get to talk through some of those things even in text. Um, some of us have very busy lives and we can't maybe come to Wednesday morning Bible study. Or you've got kiddos and stuff, and you can't come on Thursday night for the ladies, or what, I forget which night, Thursday night, Monday night, sorry, Monday night, ladies. Um, But anyway, there's always opportunity, and I came to Don a few weeks ago, and I've been praying about this, and I really feel like maybe there's some of us who, if you're into technology and that's your thing, and you, you like doing those Bible studies, I know there are a lot of people who post the verses every day, I see them on Facebook um, like Lee and I do, that's kind of where we made the connection. We seem to post the same one every day, maybe a different picture, but the same one every day. And uh, it's a way for us to connect and share with one another in a Bible study, maybe in a little different way. And this may not be everyone's thing, and I apologize for taking your time for that, but there's some way each of us can connect with one another and find a way to serve. And so if this is something you're interested in, I put a uh, sign-up sheet out there in the lobby on the grouchy old man table where Mike and Donnie and I sit. Um, I did remember to put a pen this service. Last service, I forgot. I saw a lot of people stop and go, eh, eh, can't do anything with that. So I, I just wanted to give everybody an opportunity to be a part of that. We're planning on maybe starting 1st of February. Uh, Franklin and I are going to get together. We're going to do some uh, preparation for that, maybe get something on the website, whatever we're, whatever he's got in mind. Um, I'm thankful for what he does technology-wise. kind of weird that he worked under me at one point in technology, and now he's way smarter than I am. But um, that's the way most of my kids were, so I'm proud of that. Um, Anyway, I hope that's something you'd be interested in. I'll be honest with you, I don't want to talk much about it because my heart is really heavy today for some of those on our prayer list. Um, I've known Ron Jackson for most of my life. And he served this city as our mayor. Um, whether you agree or disagree with those in those positions, it takes time out of your day to serve. And he's done that for many years. And obviously he did it right up until he couldn't anymore. Um, and he's now in a really bad shape, and I want us to pray for him. The Meeker family, guys, that young lady that died was in my daughter's class. And if that doesn't kick you in the tail when you're thinking about it, and her husband has cancer, and her father's recovering from cancer. It's just sometimes you feel like it's piling on. And I just keep praying and thinking about Job. And I keep thinking, there's light on the other side. God's going to bless beyond blessing. But we need to pray for those folks so they get to that other side. They've got to get past the struggle. And it's not they shouldn't be just on them. It should be on all of us to lift them. I, I just pray for those families, the, the Merrick family and Candy and Tom. You talk about piling on. That family's had it. And we need to be lifting them up every single day. Um, we talk about the app. There's a place in there to put your prayers and your prayer lists. And I keep a list of everybody I'm praying for. And every morning I go through that list. And sometimes it's long. <laughs> and sometimes we get to mark some off because God is blessed. And I just, I just want you to consider that, and I want you to go with me as you would. Please, right now, in a word of prayer for those that are really, really getting it piled on them. 
Lord, I just pray to you and I ask you to strengthen up those families that feel like, what now? Why again? Why me? Let them know that you are their strength and you are with them through the entire struggle and you will bring them to the other side. Lord, I ask a small prayer for my son that he understands that this time of of getting that injury repaired and time that he won't be able to work, that God will see him through and that he will come out the other side stronger. And I ask that he lays his heart on you and that he strengthens himself through you. Lord, I ask that we all pray for one another in this place. This is a very, very special place. And I ask that you be with us in all that we do here at Central. In Christ's name, amen. They had her dead to rights. They caught her. John chapter 8 tells the woman caught in the act of adultery. Trapped. No way out. And honestly, it's a pretty brilliant plan. They throw her in front of Jesus and, and then set the trap for him. The law says, stone her. What do you say? You see, if he says, don't stone her, well, then he's a heretic. He's not listening to the law. But if he says, do stone her, then the Romans aren't going to be happy with him. So he's kind of caught. They were, all right, we got him. And Jesus doodles in the dirt. His response It's one of the most powerful statements mankind has ever heard. Let the first stone be thrown by the one among you who has not sinned. The text goes along to say, beginning with the oldest, they dropped their rocks and slipped away. The older ones go, oh, he got us. (sighs) And the younger ones like, wait, what what happened? I thought we had him. And they walked away. And he doodles in the dirt some more. And then he asks that woman, where are your accusers? Do you realize there's a good chance that this woman is probably half to fully naked, totally humiliated. There's people everywhere. Her life is thrown out immediately. And he says, where are your accusers? Where are those people that condemn you? Where are... Those that think they are better than you. Didn't even one of them condemn you? And he says, neither do I. To be one anotherers, we need to learn how to not throw rocks. We're going to be in Romans chapter 14. If you're online or on the radio, thanks for tuning in. Central Christian Church in Portales in this series on anothering. Ben Franklin once said, don't throw stones at your neighbors if your windows are of glass. Now, we updated it over time. If you live in glass houses, don't throw stones. But that's what we're going to talk about today. Anothering is this concept of how do we live as a community of Christ? How do we live with each other? We started a couple of weeks ago talking about being members of one another. We don't do life alone. It's just not there. If one of us wins, we all win. If one of us loses, we all lose. Last week we talked about carrying burdens. And we have to be next to people to carry burdens with them. Sometimes we can't carry the burdens, but we can carry them. And today we're going to take a different tone. The, the tone changes here to the negative, and I was a little hesitant to do it, but I really want you to key into verse 13 as we read, because the, the, one of the, the one another passage we're looking at today is don't condemn one another. Don't judge one another. Romans chapter 14. Accept other believers who are weak in the faith and don't argue with them about what they think is wrong. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believes uh, another believer with a sensitive con- conscience will eat only vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't, and those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall, and it, with the Lord's help, they'll stand and receive his approval. In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. 
You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day, do it to honor Him. Those who eat any kind of food, do so to honor the Lord. And since they give thanks to God before eating, and those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. I'm in verse 7 now. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it is to honor the Lord. And if we die, it is to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be the Lord of both the living and the dead. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we all stand before the judgment seat of God. For the scriptures say, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me. Every tongue will confess and give praise to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. Now, key in right here on verse 13. If you're a highlighter, this is the one to get. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. Study after study will tell you similar statistics, whether it's the Gallup poll or Pew or Research Group or Barna Group. They've surveyed thousands of people, asked them what words describe Christians, and the two top answers are almost universal. 84% say judgmental, 79% say hypocrites. In most of these studies, they'll tell you anywhere from 89 to 91% of Americans claim they believe in God, yet less than 20% attend church regularly. I kind of, okay, whatever, at that. Until you look at their criteria. Their criteria for regular church attendance is two times a month. Two times in the building a month for anything. That's a regular church attender. Yet, we can't even get that. and we, we can only get 20% to do that. And of that group that attends regularly, only 19% read their Bible daily. 40% read it less than once a month. Question, how would you feel if your doctor never read medical journals? You know, I went to doctor school 30 years ago. I'm sure nothing's changed. I think I'd be a little scared. You know, I, I want somebody that's reading and continually trying to learn. These surveys tell us that fewer than 10% actually give 10%. And only 54% of regular church attenders say they regularly pray. Now, I've thrown a bunch of data at you, a bunch of statistics, but with all of that, you start listening to all that stuff, it... It becomes, at least in my mind, a little easier to understand that word hypocrite and judgmental. And they can kind of start to stick. One of the books I was using says, Modern Christianity in some ways has become all talk, no action. Or in the vernacular of our life, uh, big hat, no cattle. You know what I mean? You see, long before polling data, Paul is teaching anothering correctly. He recognizes what disunity does to the cause of Christ. So he starts this whole passage out. Look at verse 1. Accept one another. Accept others who are weak. But you see, that crawls all over the skin of some of us Christ followers. Because we've been bombarded with these words, accept, tolerate, don't judge, Lest ye be judged. Notice how they always use the King James Version when they quote that verse. Judge not lest ye be judged. We've had that stuff thrown at us in every way. So we want to rebel at that and say, you know, no, no, wait a minute. And I, I'm battling that too. But what Paul is telling us here is he doesn't say accept every idea that comes down the pike. He says accept people. Some are going to come from different backgrounds. Some are going to come from different lifestyles. When we accept people for who they are, right where they are, not who you want them to be, it's going to start to lessen the headaches, and it's going to save you some disappointment and heartache. 
He go, Paul even goes on in that first part of the verse. He says, don't argue about right or wrong. Well, now that just seems completely anti-American church right there. That just goes against everything. We, we're supposed to argue about right and wrong. I grew up in a background, and I don't know if any of y'all had this, but do you remember church debates? Did anybody go through the debates? Okay, so what would happen, for those of you, you're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. It, Sunday night, we'd get some preacher from the church Christ and some preacher from the Baptist church. They'd get in their three-piece suits. They'd get up here on the stage. And for about an hour or two, they'd just gripe at each other. They'd throw verses at the, each other. Well, you're doing this. Well, you're doing this. Well, yeah. And have we ever argued anybody into heaven? I, I, I don't know if that's ever been successful. It seems to me that compassion will change more lives than fighting and condemnation. Now, does that mean we ignore the scriptures? No, not at all. In fact, Paul goes on to give a couple of examples. The first one, he starts talking about meat sacrifice to idols. Now, it's a really emotional subject to Jews. They grew up with the Torah and Leviticus chapter 11 through 14, it's actually an interesting read. It tells you how to handle food, what you're supposed to be, do about food, and it qualifies it. This is for your benefit, okay? And, it, and we see it in the story of Esther. We see it in the story of Daniel that diet mattered, okay? And so this, to a Jewish believer, was a huge thing. They were raised in this. Food was a big deal. But sometimes they got so caught up on the letter of the law that they missed the spirit of the law. Yet you have these Gentiles in, in Romans that are coming together as Christians. They like Jesus and they live with Jesus and they love Jesus. But they grew up in a Gentile background where they had idols. And, and I didn't understand this, but this is apparently what would happen. Is you'd call your buddies and say, hey, Friday night I'm going to have an a, a idol party. Come over and we're going to have a, a, a big feast. Now, what they would do is they would set their idol up. Now, Baal, Asherah, Billy Bob, Rubek. I don't know what their idol was, okay? Everybody got it, one or two or 12 in their house. They'd set it up on the table. They'd make this big feast. They'd lay it out on the table. Everything that the idol wanted to eat, he would eat. And anything the idol didn't eat, we all got to have. You getting me? Sound like a good meal, all right? All right, cool. What time am I coming over, all right? And that's how they grew up. It wasn't a, a terrible thing. It was just how they lived. Okay? That's the background. What Paul is saying, it's both backgrounds are valid and real. But there are struggles trying to get the other one to understand how you were raised. In fact, Paul is implying, in my opinion, that it's the hardest nosed people, the ones that aren't listening, are the church folk. He says, bear with people that have big issues about food. So it sounds like he's talking to the Gentiles, saying, hey, be nice to them church folk. They, they haven't got it all figured out yet. He's, he's saying we're the weaker ones. I wanted to go in and write, the responsibility falls to the weaker one. But actually, the more I've read this, no. Every one of us has a responsibility to love the other party, to love the other side. We've got to be those people. Because we are called to love one another. Condemnation is not our job. Caring is. Paul goes on to talk about another issue, special days. Again, to a Jewish, back, a Jewish believer, these are big things. Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, they're called the high holy days. And, of course, every Saturday is Sabbath, and, and we honor these days as Jewish people. But Gentiles... Gentiles went to work on Saturday. They didn't see the big deal. It wasn't such a big deal. And Paul challenges them not to fight, but to be fully convinced that both are fine. Do you see the doctrinal bomb he's dropping right here? This is not a right or wrong issue. This is a harmony issue. Harmony is a bigger, bigger deal. And I'm afraid we Christians miss this too much. And that's why the world sees us as a bunch of judgmental hypocrites. 
There was a day, and I got a hunch some of you in here remember this. There was a day when a, a woman that went to church wore only what? Dresses. Dresses. Maybe you might could get away with a, a skirt if you were a liberal church. But most of them were women dressed in dress. Yes, some of y'all, you grew up that way. Yeah, that, that was it. And if you came in and you weren't wearing a dress, oh, oh. And women would be judged on the attire of their clothes instead of their desire for Christ. A lot of us grew up in in uh, doctrinally, well, hey, you didn't go to movies. Anybody not go to movies when they were growing up? And some of you are looking at me going, no, I went to movies all the time. Some of us did. Some of us had those backgrounds. Some didn't play cards because that's Las Vegas and that's sinful and that's evil. And so we couldn't play solitaire. We could play dominoes. And then there's others I found out, oh, we couldn't play dominoes, we could play cards, and I didn't understand that. Uh, the whole issue of mixed bathing, that's a monkey of a different color. Um, I had a lady at a church, I'm not even making this up, she, had, she was sick and we had talked about something, and she couldn't take NyQuil. Any guesses why? Alcohol. God will come and he'll catch me and I had alcohol in my breath, I'm going hell. And again, I'm not here to make fun of anybody, okay? I'm not here to mock anything. I'm I'm here to say some tried to make these salvation issues, and they weren't. And Paul, in his, and this is coming from God through Jesus, through Paul to us, he is pleading with us to one another, one another. Stop condemning. And he, his premise is our attitude affects how we treat these people. You see, he says, if you eat, eat and honor God. If you don't eat, honor God. If you worship on this day, honor God. If you don't, do it for God. This is an attitude that is prior to the action. And I want you to get the chronology there. The attitude goes before the action. We've said before that sin isn't usually out in our fingertips. It's usually in here. It's the same way. How we honor God is not in our fingertips. It's in our heart and our our attitude. You see, if my attitude is for God, then my actions will be towards God. And this is hard for some of us staunch liners to say, but anotherers have to put me aside for the we. We have to put my ability to be right or wrong. Oh, Don, that hurts. We've got to put it aside, not throw it away. Put it aside for the purpose of loving one another. It was around 1 a.m. on April 19, 2018, in Oak Park, Michigan. It's north of Detroit. Distress call came out on the police scanner that they had a jumper on the bridge. Their protocol is to shut down all of that highway so nobody can get through so they can work with this one person. Problem, this is Interstate 696. It's 12 lanes wide. Six going this way, six going this way. This is a bad situation, and they've closed the the traffic, and police continue to talk to this man, but tragedy could strike at any minute. And while they talked to him, the story I was reading said that something slipped through the barricade. The something that slipped through the barricade was a semi. I don't know how that slips through anything, but it it slipped through. And pretty soon there were others. And what the first guy did, this is actually a blurry picture of that night. They pulled their semi up under the bridge, and and it became a human canopy. You know what I mean? So that that if he jumped, it's only like three, four, five feet down to the top. And other semis got started doing it. And they started pulling in and blocking up underneath there. And they called each other on their CBs. And many of the guys had CBs in the truck that had had the speakers. And they were like, you're not alone. We're here with you. And they stayed there for three hours. Now, if you know much about the trucking business, time is money. You know, they, they don't set anywhere. And all of these guys, I'm sure all of these drivers, men and women that were, were moving these trucks, I'm sure they had places to be. I'm sure they wanted to get home to their kids, get home to their soccer game. Their boss is yelling at them. This costs them time. 
This cost them money. Can, can you imagine some logistics guy back at the office is going, you're doing what? <laughs> that truck is sitting there for three hours, not moving. He's losing his mind, right? It costs them time and money and energy. You see, anotherers have to put down the convenience. we got to put down our agendas, put down our rights so that we can love others. It's not about convenience. It's about compassion. Most of us in here, if I asked you, you could quote John 3.16. You've, you've seen it on NFL games where there's always some guy holding that up. I love that. I love John 3.16. It's a fantastic verse. I wish we would focus on John 3.17. Marie read that earlier. God did not send his son to condemn. He sent him to save. So Paul says in verse 13, stop condemning each other. There has to be a change in our mindset. It has to change how we think towards others. It's not enough to just say we're going to go in the right direction. It's not enough to just say I'm going to love one another. We have to decide. He says we have to decide in our heart and in our mind we're going to not cause other people to stumble. We're going to not And folks, this is not a suggestion. This is Almighty God through His Apostle Paul telling us in direct command, stop condemning. Maybe the world thinks us hypocritical and judgmental because we miss this verse. This is a slide from last week. The evidence that anything is going on in our life is this. Do I love more and better since I met Jesus? Simple. It's not how many times do I attend church? How much Bible have I memorized? It's how do I treat other people? Better or worse? Have we become the fat guy at the gym that lectures on your health? That was actually the the chapter heading of a book I was reading. He says, have you become the fat guy at the gym lecturing everybody on their health? goes on. Are you the shameless politician campaigning to raise taxes but not paying them? Or are you one of the celebrities who preach about global warming but fly in your private jet? Now, I'm not here to gripe about global warming or any of that stuff. I'm just, I just thought those were interesting phrases. Has Christianity become all talk, no action? Big hat, no cattle. Maybe instead of judgmental, maybe we should be curious. Be curious, not judgmental. That's a powerful statement. Maybe if we were more curious, we would find out people's story. We would see that guy that has all the tattoos and he seems to be shaking all the time and it's easy to judge him but we might find out he's only been sober for a few hours or that other man that comes and he comes in the building and he's he's wearing dirty pants and you think why don't you get cleaned up for church maybe he's working two jobs trying to put food on the table for his family Maybe that lady at Walmart with the kids that are screaming and acting up and you just kind of want to throttle them all, you know. Maybe you stop and you're curious. You find out she just got out of an abusive relationship and she's just trying to make it. Maybe that teenager, the one with the attitude that maybe they're, maybe they're battling their own sexual identity. Maybe that person that votes the other way from you. Maybe they came from a different background and have things that matter differently to them. Franklin posted this quote on one of his Instagram stories this week. Really, really stung. Behind every opinion we oppose is somebody God loves. Judging from a distance is easy. Loving up close, that's a challenge. I wonder, I wonder if those men that brought that adulterous woman before Jesus, I wonder if they were curious. 
I wonder if they asked any questions. Because they didn't. They didn't ask about her. They didn't want to know what got her into that situation. They didn't try to know the story. Where's the guy? We always hear that. Where, where was the guy in the story? Why didn't they bring him? He's just as at fault as she is. Maybe if they were curious, they would have learned a little more about the story. I want you to look at this rock that's in your hand. Hopefully you all have them. This is approximately the kind and style of rock that they would have used to stone someone. And they would bring hundreds of these. And one person laying right there. And this is not lobbing it from the back of the church auditorium. This is close range pummeling somebody with the purpose of death. You hearing me? That's what this is about. Putting someone away. I'm going to do something. I'm going to ask you to do something. And I don't know if this is going to work, but we're going to try it. I'm going to ask you if you're able, would you stand and hold this rock up with me? And I, I want you, you might have to move because in a minute, I want you to hold it out about shoulder high. And I'm going to count down. I'm going to go three, two, one, go. And we're all going to drop these at the same time. Try not to drop them on your neighbor, your kid, or any other such thing. In fact, I would prefer they go on the floor, not the chair. Try to drop them so they get on the floor. But we're going to do this together. You ready? About shoulder height. Here we go. Everybody ready? Three, two, one, go. That is the sound of grace. That is what we need to be doing more of. We're really quick to pick up those rocks and chunk them. God is calling us to not judge. Let him be the judge. Anotherers want to love with open arms. Let all my life tell of who you are, God. Too many times we want to tell of who we are and what we believe and what we stand for. Let's tell of him. And he loved you and me just like he loved that woman. When we were caught, he loved us. When we were arrogant and rebellious, he loved us. And maybe you're sitting there right now. Why would he love you? Because that's the heart of my father. That's what he wants for us. We're going to sing that song for the one. And we're going to, I want you to pick up with us in that bridge. Let all my life tell of who you are. Thank you for listening to audio from Central Christian Church in Portales, New Mexico. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others. But please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. To connect with us, visit our website at centralwired.org.